Some kind of rock four. Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Wednesday, the 12th of May, 2010. I'm your host, Dan Train, and uh, joining me today, I have Robert Kemp. Word. Zachary Burgess. Hello. Again. And, <laughs> again, and special guest this week, Ho Yi Lee. Hello. So, hello to everyone. Hello. So, um, am I delightfully loud and squeaky and girly? <laughs> yes, a slightly different timbre, a different register in the uh, vocals <laughs> this <contrast>. week. <laughs> the uh, tonal palette has been uh, expanded. Good, I'm, I'm glad I bring something to the plate. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yes, your uh, voice. <laughs> <laughs> your voice. Your voice is it's a good start. Yep. Well, I think that's what you want from a podcast, really. Sounds and noises and voices. Different frequencies. It'd be a shit radio show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do this through the medium of silent dance. Because normally dance includes so much noise, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that might be worse because you probably hear um, awkward Lots shuffling. of clattering. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pattering on the floor. Uh, how could you express something, some artistic sentiment, just through the swooshing and pattering of dance recorded? <laughs> What's that? Is someone actually doing? <laughs> what was that dance there? Actually, I probably shouldn't describe how I was making that noise. It's all sort of funny. <laughs> it's a mystery now. What was Rob doing with his microphone? <laughs> Yes, let's leave Discuss. it as a mystery. <laughs> let's that's leave that's it. One, that's one for the media students. The media <laughs> what, to, to get a little program and analyse the, the sound waves and try and figure out exactly what Rob was doing with his <laughs> microphone? <laughs> what is Rob doing? Surely the they would just interpret his dance. Yeah, they'd choreograph it and everything. Yeah, they'd make a whole suite. They'd go that one step too far. God. <laughs> Do you have something against media students, Rob? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> They're always going one step too far. Those media students. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> what have you done, Zach? I I can reveal the secret of that noise. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I I accidentally hit my keyboard with an Allen key. <laughs> with an, why do you have an Allen key? <laughs> that's just such a usual thing to happen. The most I don't know. There's just an Allen key in my in my uh, like my pens and with my pens. There was an Allen sure key. I've got one next to me as well. Hang on. Listeners, Rob moves away from the microphone to look for an Allen key. There it is. Hello and welcome to the <laughs> podcast about Allen keys randomly found on <laughs> <at> your desk. <laughs> Hardware edition. I introduce some random noises as well and see if you know if you can identify them. Okay. You. Right, go on. Right, play this one out. Oh, come on. It's the one-up... Oh, no, it's not even the one-up mushroom, is it? It's the normal mushroom. Yep. Yeah, it's just a regular mushroom. It's a random casual toy that we bought in Hong Kong. It was excellent. We could have a series of these noises, and uh, David was lucky enough to get the big noise. <laughs> Someone's knocking at my door. Hold on. <laughs> oh, that's another, that's another noise. Is that a mystery guest? 
No, it's the ghost of his past. What, knocking at his door? Saying, there's not much interesting here, and then going away again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the, the ghost of his employment past. In, inconvenient, in, inconvenient interruptions are always good for when we're trying to record something. Anything exciting? Can't you get one of those do no. not disturb signs? I keep thinking I should just write on a post-it note and stick it to my door, but the trouble is the room directly outside my room is really dark, so you wouldn't be able to read it anyway. <laughs> you needed, like, a glow-in-the-dark one, or... Yeah, yeah. Or, like, a big neon light outside the door that says, don't come in, and then you can turn it on with a switch from the inside of your door. That'd be perfect. For some reason... So basically make it into a recording studio. Is what you're yeah, saying. exactly. On air. Yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> the big green light Surely says on air. Could... Surely you could go with the classic sign of do not come in by putting a sock on the door handle. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Although that, that would imply that, something that has else a very is specific going meaning, on. though. That's a sign. It would still stop people from coming in, though. That means that things are going on within, Rob. <laughs> 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 well, I guess that much, but I didn't realise that was the universal symbol for, um, yeah. We're getting it on in here. That's what it would mean. No, My door doesn't even have a handle, word. so that wouldn't work. It's <laughs> so just how not, are you meant you to just... let people know? Exactly. You just There's have no to place way. a sock outside the door. <laughs> what, on the floor that, outside the that door? That might not be as easy to notice. <laughs> or somehow distract them with some disaster outside. <laughs> You could put anything outside the door to distract. I don't know. A huge pile of clothes would be more effective than one sock. <laughs> Genius space koalas. I'm yes. sorry? Previous a stack of Genius space koalas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Now, well, I'm going to get this I'm gonna get this podcast <laughs> yeah, on track, puppies. I think. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask the question, and I'm going to ask Rob first this week, I think. Uh, or should I ask myself? Maybe he can fail, and then we can ask someone else. <laughs> no, I'm going to ask yeah, Rob. I might okay. get interrupted again. <laughs> okay. Rob, what have, you, what have you been playing this week? I've been mostly playing the Halo Reach beta. Ah, interesting. How's it going? I was trying to wait. I wasn't quite sure what noise you were going to make. I had in my head a bit of an ooh-ah moment rather than a sort of... <laughs> well, I'll go ooh-ah as well. Ooh-ah Halo Reach. You enjoy it? Is it good? It is pretty sweet, but in the sense that it's Halo again, it's <laughs> not. An, That's what uh, I it, thought. It is very good, and uh, there are there are uh, you know it's as good as Halo has always been. But there's almost not enough changes to sort of um, really shout about, other than the new graphics engine, which is while keeping the same look and feel of Halo, is nicely sharper. Those rumours about right. it being proper 720 are true, and it makes a, it does look better for it. Excellent. I'm the glad it's full HD. The pixelation effect doesn't occur, which is nice. Mm, that is good. But does it look uh, like remarkably better, or is it just an, a niceness? It's, it's hard to say, really. <laughs> they kept a lot of the... It, if you look at it carefully, better. Mm. But in the heat of the moment, you wouldn't really notice it that much. Because it looks also, so much this, like Halo. Yeah, and they've, they've applied this um, weird motion blur technique that's a bit over the top. It's like, because you can see it when you're lifting your gun and stuff, it makes it sort of um, look like your gun has a weird drift to it. <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's like a, it leaves a bit of a trail behind on the screen as you 
as you as the gun in front of you moves around like from jogging or whatever and that uh okay it just seems a bit the heavy-handed. view model that's, that's that's the one effect i think that's bad and uh well they might scale that back because it's beta i suppose yeah. might they although the, probably they're not testing the graphics are they they're testing the no the multiplayer you know the servers and stuff how's that anyway change. what the uh matchmaking you mean yeah it's uh again not really any quicker or slower than it was before. It's uh okay. it works and but you know you could argue that Halo had the best system to begin with, so they probably mm, don't need to change the earth. They they've supposedly added the ability to search for people based on social settings. So for instance, you can sort of set up a uh, set yourself up as being I'm polite or I'm uh, out to win or something or I'm an outright trash talker. Uh, be careful, right. kind of person, and then you can search for games based on your preference of <laughs> so, how you. So act. that's a bit. So, so that, that's a... so if you're a douchebag, they'll meet you up with other douchebags to play with. In theory, yeah. <laughs> is that what you're <laughs> saying? <laughs> if you're a douchebag, you will have set yourself to being polite, so you can go be a douchebag to polite people. Obviously, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> exactly. the bad, that's the bad thing. The clan punks could be all douchebaggery on the noobs, and. Uh, so you have to set yourself as a douchebag and say, hello, <laughs> I'm well, a big so troll. Far, although those settings exist, weirdly, I didn't find the option for setting what, what, what group I belong to. So I just leave it on any. And, uh, <coughs> but isn't so far, there, I haven't it been quite... any kids, so it's okay. Really? So I thought that was, that's all Halo was about, I thought. Well, I suppose it's, a bit of, it's actually a bit of an effort to get the beta, to be honest. Because first of all, you have to own ODST. Um, yeah. Secondly... You can't background download it. You have to download it with ODST running, which might mm-hmm. be a bit confusing for people at first. Unless you, there's a big link on the main menu of ODST to play the beta, and then it starts downloading. Um, but okay. then you can't turn it off. You have to leave it running. Um, and then, in order to get to the beta, it doesn't appear like a live arcade game like you might expect. You have to um, access it via ODST as well. So it's a bit of a pain in the eye to see. get to. So maybe the, the, the kids have too short an attention span. and uh, Oh, maybe. <laughs> Ritalin hasn't kicked in. Um, <laughs> For the kids. The kids in oh, America. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, every, every kid's on Ritalin in America. <laughs> they made so, a documentary about it, so it must be true. Yeah. Louis Theroux doesn't the, lie. Louis Theroux, yeah. <laughs> have you seen that? Do you see that, Ho? No, I didn't. I wanted to. I heard about it. Uh, it's pretty good, but it's, uh, it's typical Louis Theroux stuff, really. Just being awkward and... <laughs> Speaking of awkward, <laughs> what he does. I got shown this program the other night that, that is possibly the most awkward thing to watch. Um, it's called My New Best Friend. and uh, Right. Oh, God, yes! I've seen it! Awful. This is terrible. There's like... One person signs themselves up to say, right, someone's going to enter your life and you've got to convince everyone that he's your new best friend, which means going along with him and his suggestions to a certain degree. And, uh, oh, no. Yeah, and they don't know when they're going to arrive and they don't know when they're going to leave, but they know it's going to be roughly a weekend worth of time. And, uh, Is it always like a member of the BNP or something? <laughs> no, no, you see, the whole, the whole setup of this TV show is that this, there's this comedian called Mark Rutten he plays these terrible, terrible people. Um, and so he plays all of these new best friends. Um, I don't know which one you watched, Rob. Which uh, one did I you watch? I watched the one with Daniel, the hypochondriac paranoid dude, um, who's been paired up with the uh, high, pa- well, the sort of fairly driven business lady. 
Um, the worst moment of that one was when they they go out for um, uh, a meal or uh, something. No, was it? They would go to an art gallery with their friend. And um, yeah. he goes a bit mental and says, oh, she's looking at me. She's looking at me. We've got to go. We've got to go. I don't like it. Oh, she's making me a bit crazy. And so, so they leave her at this art gallery canteen. And, <laughs> and then awkwardly, she's coming over that night for a salsa party. Um, and it causes quite a lot of tension. And you're sitting there going, I actually found it quite funny, but I couldn't look at the screen. It was really strange. Okay. Well, the, th- the whole thing was that she'd been left in this cafe with no money and yeah, no yeah. way to get home. And so for oh, ages, no. she was just sitting there nervously at, her, at the table waiting for these guys to come back, who were obviously talking about her anyway. And so when she, uh, eventually she twigs that she's just stuck there. The TV crew haven't sent a taxi to pick her up and take her home or anything. So she's just stuck there. And it's, it's just terrible. And this, guy's, um, this guy, Mark Wooten, he does a series of other TV shows as well. There was one called Shirley Ghostman, and oh, again yeah, he, funny. yeah, he he kind of plays this. Uh, uh, I don't know what you call it really. Maybe one of those psychics, and he goes around basically pretending that he's psychic and he's just terrible. Um, but he got pain. himself into a bit of trouble whilst recording shame, it. He was doing loads of interviews, and um, he, for some reason, he went on these pre- these interviews as Shirley Ghostman. Um, where he said he probably said some racist stuff and then he was oh, quickly no. taken off the air. Um, but now he's on TV <laughs> again doing a new show called um, La La Land, where he's basically pretending to be, I think, three different British people who are trying to make it big in Las- Including um, Shirley Ghostman. In LA. Including Shirley Ghostman, then. That's correct, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty it's, terrible it's and just, cringeworthy. Yeah. It's it's the most uncomfortable thing I think I've ever watched. It's but strangely some of it is really funny. There's this is one dude on Australia Ghostman who talk goes um he, he's trying to talk to this witch and he's and he's in for all of it he's there's what he keeps there's a running theme where he goes I thought you were a man and he's like I am a man but 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 you said you were a witch <laughs> and just this guy's like just going but but I'm a man and I'm also a witch but you said you're a man witch. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> gender strange. confusion going it's on. really strange and he tries okay. to tell like he just makes this guy sort of just go all right okay um carrying on um <laughs> quite a lot so how is my new best friend that different to like wife swap or something like that oh but yeah wife swap's just funny though it's not like cringe tv like because it's always real it's people just... it is real people <laughs> it's real as it's like on tv these people are deliberately terrible. So the very first one that I watched was this kind of, uh, he was a bit of a, a lad, so he likes to drink beer, likes to hang out with the boys and is a bit homophobic. And so his new right. best friend is a openly camp guy. And uh, he goes, But he's not a real he's... guy, though. No, he's no. an actor. But he he's just terrible enough that he could just be a a horrible cliche of a person as opposed to being actually a made-up person okay so it's it's just it's excruciating (laughs) to watch so so basically this guy he has his lads around to do a casino night in his flat and uh this guy mark wooten is pretending to be his um like a counselor from a long time back and he says, "No, come on, you've got it. You've got it. When are you going to tell these guys?" And he's and so 
this man has to tell all of his homophobic friends that he's coming out the closet that night. And then he starts he starts divulging made up facts about um, things that he said to this counsellor in the past about his old friends. So saying things like, oh, yeah, I think he looks like a bit of a rat and I don't think he's very... I don't think he's very trustworthy. And so all these lads are going, I can't believe you say things like that about me. I can't <laughs> oh, believe God. it. You've got to get this man out of your house. He's a bender, <laughs> isn't he? You've got to get him out. And it's just, oh, it's oh, terrible. No. All the, really like, casual, terrible. Casual homophobic con- <laughs> comments and things. <laughs> yeah. Sort of people that Why you meet. Why are we talking about this again? Playing Halo on the internet. I can't remember. That was a good revert to where we were talking. Yeah, I was just bringing us back to the topic there. (laughs) Yeah. So talk about the new features they've introduced in Halo Reach and what they're missing. Um, Yeah, they've added this. The the main thing that they've changed this time is this armor ability thing, which we talked about a couple of weeks back. Um, Yeah, yeah, where you can turn yourself into an invincible brick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to the point where there's, you, you, that's just one of the abilities. The other one is jetpack. The other one is stealth. And the poor guy that draws a short straw and gets the ability to run slightly faster for four seconds. <laughs> or if you're in a lead doing a rolling dodge. Yeah, you can do the evade thing, which is cool. Um, Why so is that the... so lame, though? Because, like, I was just thinking, I was reading yeah, about that, cool. and everyone's saying the running is the being lame, you're saying. Oh, and, no, uh, it, it, is, it is useful, but it just, you know, in terms of, like, people getting special powers, that guy is, like, <laughs> a bit unfortunate, really, isn't it? I, I guess, but, I mean... Spartan. Yeah, I, I don't know, in a lot of games, like... This. A lot of games having a speed boost would be really beneficial. You know, if you could, if you're in TF2 and you're a heavy and you could suddenly be a scout for like four seconds or something, that'd be really helpful in places. Well, it helps in like the flag games because it means you can sort of get to the the action zone a bit quicker. Yeah, but not as much fun as a jetpack or something. Doesn't a jetpack just make you up? They don't make you faster horizontally. Oh, I see. Do they make you really vulnerable? So you just go wee into the air and they just get shot down instantly by a railgun. (laughs) <laughs> it can happen, but um, you, you're also you, you can also rain it back down on a few, quite a few unsuspecting foes. Like generally, like gravity hammer dudes will be jetpackers, and uh, oh, I see, sort of just come down from the sky onto your face with the hammer, and it's <laughs> slam you, to, and that's the end of you. No, hmm. Didn't see that one coming. And, uh, I, I think yeah, it's but, a yeah, bit of a good... missed opportunity, really, to, that it's so much like the old Halos. I don't know. What are those? They Seems... have tried to mix it up a bit more in that they've brought back the old Halo 1 health system. How? So what? Shields, shields and health. Um, I see. They've, they've kind of they're rolling with some of the stuff they brought back into ODST. Um, actually, quite a lot of the stuff they brought into ODST is sort of how it plays out in Reach because there's no dual wielding now. Um, oh, cool. That's gone. Um, I, I don't think that's cool. I kind of liked dual wielding. It was kind of interesting to experiment with different weapons. Um, uh, I find it really a pain the way... I didn't mind dual wielding. I just found it a pain the way when you switch weapons, you dropped one of them. and stuff. I mean, it made sense, but I just found it really irritating because that meant you couldn't switch between you know, weapons depending on the situation. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. Guess, maybe. Oh, what you mean? Like each one you held in each hand could one of them could be holstered, so you didn't have an extra holstered weapon. You mean? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's just like, how how it would work in the game would probably would be a bit difficult. It's because when you're dual wielding something, you don't want to use the other weapon that you've got reserved because then you drop one of your dual wielders. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, switch less. I kind of got the um the reason for that, but I mean, if you if you were like dual wielding pistols, then you'd put them in holsters either side of your waist, wouldn't you? And then grab well, your if you rifle off your back. Indeed. <laughs> Where the hell does Master Chief store his guns anyway? Where do they? I mean, like long guns exactly. go on the back. The gun, the long guns definitely go on the back. But where does the pistol go? I don't think I've ever noticed that. I think where it goes holstered. on the belt somewhere. Mm. Oh well, it, 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 the the justification yeah. for it isn't really important. It's just the gameplay you yeah. know, aspect of it that irritated me. They have changed uh, quite a lot of weaponry, or at least a lot of the old weaponry doesn't exist. Um, in the beta. Which is kind of annoying. Um, yeah, some of the changes I don't like. Like, I don't like the new battle rifle replacement, which basically instead okay. of burst fire is single shot. But it, 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 I don't know. To me, it feels like even when you've got it perfectly lined up, a headshot do, isn't guaranteed. It seems to have, like, a mm. quite low accuracy for a single shot. So it's a... I don't know. I found it a bit annoying. Um, making swap so is that... really hard. Um so it's like a rifle single shot. So how is that? I mean, with no scopes, or oh, it does have a scope. Just... It does have a scope. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's quite just, similar say, to a sniper a rifle. Shot. Yeah, with a single shot. It's just, yeah, but it's not as powerful, and it takes several shots to down someone still. But it's hmm. um, and the scope isn't as far. And yeah. obviously, you get more ammo. You know, it's balanced. But it's I uh, see. It plays more like the old car- covenant carbine rather than the battle rifle. Oh, I know. No, they don't get the carbine, they get the needle rifle instead, which is pretty much the same. Um, it's, so it's, it's supposed, to be, that if you, yeah, well it's supposed to be if you like pile enough shots into them, they still get a super combine and explode, but it's pretty rare to cause that. And, uh, That's a shame, because that was the most fun part of the needler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still get normal needlers, they, they're still about. All right. Looking extra you- spiky. And of course, you can't dual wield those because there's no dual wielding. So they're and they're, they're a bit powerful. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Hmm. Uh, yeah, some other weapons like the ridiculous sticky grenade launcher, which is totally awesome, but <laughs> a bit over the top. It like yes, I was talking about that. sticky grenades in, in bursts of up to four. I think. The okay. Weird. Mental. So, how far do they fire? I mean, is it like do they have an arc to the? fire i presume they do they, they, they just kind of float on. through the air yeah <laughs> they don't seem to i i've got the hit from like all the way across one of those smaller maps i'm fairly sure yeah it was like all the way across that bit with the water in and so rob will know how how yeah, far yeah, i'm talking about I mean. it's like that's quite a long way <laughs> and they just mm. like fly through the air they don't seem to you know it's not projectile i mean obviously it's a projectile but it's not projectile like the motion. fuel rod kennel that aims itself So you can do, can you load them up until you've got four and then yeah, fire? Yeah, you hold the trigger five. and charge it. And then so a bit like um, the old Unreal sort of grenade slash rocket launcher of Doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. It was ridiculous though, wasn't it? In the original Unreal. Did you ever play that, Ho? The original Unreal Yeah, game? I did. Not do you remember the rocket? Because my brother was much better than me. Yeah. It still existed even in the later ones, though, didn't it? You really load rockets, but not as crazy as the first. Not as many, like, and it didn't have grenades as six. well. Yeah, it did six yeah. rockets, all six grenades, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Oh, it's freaking crazy. Yeah. It's pretty cool just to lob six grenades straight up and then run the hell away. <laughs> run away and see what happens next. 
Hmm. Yeah. Well, rain death. Actually, to, to, for me, the best thing about the whole uh, new uh, everything about OE is is the new invasion mode because it brings back the old assault style gameplay from UT. Okay. Which nobody has done since but, UT, but, and but done not it well. very well. Well, it's the, I suppose, but it's only their first attempt. It's a bit. Like, Does have big set pieces then, like UT two thousand four, with like moving brains and God knows what going on. Maybe we don't know. This level's a bit static. Um, the idea well, is like, that you, do you have it's two like points. Cats. Well, yeah, it depends on the level, presumably, what the objectives are. But the, the idea is, is that you have a varied set of objectives that once you do one, you get a different set as you go through the level. Um, and also, as you go through the battle, everything intensifies in terms of the weapons available and the vehicles that are, you're allowed to use and things like that. So as the match go, goes on, it gets much more crazy. All so the in the same area, yeah, the same map... That, like, well, that presumably by just... then you've moved on to a different part of the map that allows vehicles to ah, do okay. that kind of stuff. So it'll ramp up the number of vehicles available. And presumably it'll be map-based, so maybe some won't get vehicles at all, you know. How are the vehicles? Okay, so they just... The vehicles were kind of dumb in that, <laughs> in that one map. Yeah, they don't work too well. Where it's like there's, there's a tank spawn right next to the second point. Where it's like, I'll drive out and then shoot you in the face instantly. <laughs> Or as what ha- keeps happening to me is I'll drive out, someone will board me. <laughs> yeah, because they're all standing in the point capturing. Yeah. Boarding of tanks, what, boarding yeah. of the scorpion? Yeah, the scorpion. Oh dear. Just get on and just either punch you out of it or destroy it with a well-placed grenade. And... It's not exactly fast enough well, moving that one to guy avoid did, people. Just keep punching it forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some dude man punching boarded. a tank forever. Yeah, no, I was using. I was in a wraith, and some dude boarded, but he boarded it in the gunner seat where there was no one, and we sort of just sat there for ages, punching at nothing. <laughs> I think he thought he must have been damaging the tank slowly, but he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hmm, that was really quite funny. But yeah, so do you think that, that's what I think of it? It's 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 okay, but again, not much of an improvement. It'll still blow up Xbox Live, you know. It'll still be huge. Of course, but I mean, when do you, are you think of getting Reach on the basis of the multiplayer? Not really. To be honest, I'm more interested okay. in what they do with the single, as I am yeah. with most of the Halo games. You know, that's why I got well. That's why I was interested in ODST because of the different style of play and the uh, different side to the campaign. I thought, you know, as far as the Halo universe goes, this is a bit of an oddball. This could be interesting. Um, mm, exactly. Whereas Reach will probably be back to the more traditional sort of style of story, but... Um, well, I guess you're a Spartan, but I don't know. You've got, like, know. a team could, of them now. Yeah, they could mix it up. They could have you playing different characters, or different Spartans who you can't really tell the difference between, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> Reach wasn't the ridiculous planet that was made entirely of Sentinels, was it? That was the other one. Uh, Reach was the planet that fell before the conflict of the first Halo game yeah, I knew that did. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't made of Sentinels, <laughs> No, I can't remember what the name of that planet was. Is it going to stick? Like the Spartan training facility, wasn't it? Mm. What, what, Reach? Somehow, no, not this other planet that was made of Sentinels. I don't know about that (laughs) one. This is what I get from the Halo backstory. I've read this at some point. Well, there's an entire book about the fall of Reach, isn't there? Which, obviously, we haven't read because we don't read gaming fiction. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) have you ever read any... Any gaming fiction. based on that anyway, so it's... 
Is it? Thought, That's what I'm wondering. I'm assuming so. Yeah, someone must have written an awesome story and they thought, sweet, we'll have that. <laughs> we'll steal that. I was in uh, Forbidden Planet yesterday and uh, I saw an entire Eve book, fiction book, and I was thinking that's got to be a... a compilation of all the stories that they put out regularly. They do like chronicles or whatever. I don't think I don't think it was short stories or anything. It was a whole novel, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah. Fall of Reach was a proper book. No, no, no. Uh, this is for e- oh. in the Eve universe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what it was called, but it looked like a, a comedy Zachary birthday present, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> they could have chained them all together or something. Spoilers. I don't know. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Have you ever read any uh, gaming fiction, Ho? I, I'd love to say yes, but actually I haven't. But uh, <laughs> neither have I. See, to friendship commitments, I have had to read Harry Potter slash fiction. Oh, it wasn't that's good. hilarious though. Some of that it is, is really funny, funny though. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, read the classic? Uh, it's only like a two paragraphs or something. That the um, uh, what's it where he flies into the sky and says, um, "Oh, what's that song?" Oh, I can't remember it now, but. Uh, yeah. This is a not very good story. <laughs> name. This is a not very good story about a not very good story. Oh, it's my life. That's it. He, he shouts. It's oh yes, my no, life. I have. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like Harry gets pissed off with Dumbledore for like controlling everything about him, and he gets more and more angry and more and more magical, and then he turns into a bird or something. He flies off over the lake and flies into the sky, screaming, "It's my life." <laughs> and that's it no one else finds it funny <laughs> really um, is it just me it's, it's, okay it's, fair enough. no yeah, i find it funny but the other two don't seem very keen never mind, I don't <laughs> get it. mind. so you played nothing else this week rob is he flying into the sky singing bon jovi or is he yeah yeah bon jovi oh, that's no it's mind. bon jovi how does he sing that? How... It's my life, it's now or never. Yeah, that would be it. Slightly <laughs> tones. That's it. I'm just not a big enough Bon Jovi fan to actually know the song well enough. To... There was a dude in Ipswich the other day who was walking along with his iPod on and uh, just in the middle of Debenhams singing this really badly. <laughs> Is he a title dude? I had much respect. He's getting oh, and, enough respect for my brothers. <laughs> and the other classic one is the taco show thing. What's it? No, I don't know that one. Oh, it's like, I think it's Lupin, you know, Lupin, the character Lupin. Anyway, it doesn't matter what the character is. He's, t- he's talking to Dumbledore and he, or Dumbledore turns him into a girl or something magically and he gets really annoyed. He's like, no, I have a magic, magic wand, not a taco show. <laughs> Something like oh, that. Man. Oh, <laughs> it's really fa- it's famously awful. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> enough Harry Potter fan fiction. Uh, yes, Gears of War that, uh, proper fiction, isn't there as well now? Yeah, I think it's so. Fun. Well, they're ridiculous book. Yeah, there's tons of like action figures for Gears of War. They're really pushing those. Like I've seen, you can get like yeah, Gears of War as a man though. <laughs> Yeah, and you it's can like get the coal train. What am I talking about? Freaking coal train. Yeah, you can Just get the coal train. It has like a voice box in it. So <laughs> That'd be amazing. Coal train home on the rails. <laughs> <laughs> so so you say as as a train goes past as well. Just to... 
Yeah, that was convenient. No, you're oh, in a train, aren't you? So that's you're, not a coal train, though. That's an electric train. It's like... You're a home on the rails. Well, it's like a minecart section, isn't it? Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. kind of a cliche of, of video games and, and cinema ever since Indiana Jones 2 or whichever one it is. I, I, isn't the new the new Sonic game? Isn't that going to have a minecart section again? Let's <laughs> hope. The new two D one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rush Adventure I'm so had, about that. had a minecart <laughs> section, didn't it? Did yeah. Wait, or am I thinking of one? No, I think it. Yeah, Sonic Rush one had um, minecart section. No, the Crystal Caves in Rush Adventure have minecarts as well, don't they? You don't really do anything in them; they just go uh, down no, and get the That might be the one explode. I'm thinking of actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Break no, up. Oh, man. Speaking of Sonic, I do actually own some Sonic fiction books. Do you? Do yeah. they even exist? Yeah, from proper proper old school. This is when, the, you know, back in the Mega Drive days, um, I think it was Virgin Publishing released a load of uh, a series of four semi-comedy kids books that were actually pretty awesome. But, and stay tuned to the original canon. So it was... Uh... <laughs> It was a true so, bit of fan is, boyism. Is there any connection to like Sonic the comic? No, no, no. These these were separate entity. But mm, okay. Do you still have them? them somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Put it, them on eBay. They'd probably be worth a fortune. No, no. What you must do is photograph them and send them to UK Resistance. <laughs> They'd love Pixar, it. Or it didn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> well, wasn't there that? Wait, I can't remember whether I'm imagining this or whether it was something that we we made up, and then I thought it was hilarious. But wasn't there a like dream that? That's real. <laughs> wasn't there that ridiculous like Sonic choose your own adventure thing? But... Yes, yeah, there were several of those. The uh, the game. <laughs> what, what, what those, those? They were full of absolutely terrible, terrible egg jokes. Like all the robots had stupid <laughs> names that were puns on egg. That was par for the course <laughs> on any kind of Sonic thing back in the day. Oh, well, that was so damn funny. That was like what, was he called? Camera. Was he called Eggman originally in Japan? Is that yeah. why it's Eggman? Yeah, no. Was he always Eggman? Japan was Eggman, but they came up with they thought that was a bit rubbish for the US market, and so <laughs> yeah, story and a decent name. Robotnik is so much better. It's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And the whole backstory about how he was originally Kinterbor and then fucked everything up and for some reason that reversed his name. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it reversed his name. I think maybe he reversed his name. Details. <laughs> Details, people. <laughs> no one cares. And, but, I mean, Eggman, that's not, that's not a Beatles reference, is it? That's just, that's just the, a coincidence. Uh, I am the walrus. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have the Eggman. That's what I am. What is it? I have the, the master the plan. Tune, yeah, the theme tune from Adventure Two for Eggman. Like, oh, I dear. am the Eggman. That's what I am. I am the Eggman. I've got the master plan. Shame they could get John Lennon in to do that. Oh. Imagine oh, all the Eggmen. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Right. <laughs> I'm going to change the topic now. Eggman um, musical done. <laughs> is that your next project? You've got to write that, write <laughs> the music. Write Eggman right. the musical. Eggman the musical, the score. <laughs> he's, oh, he's really a very misunderstood person. 
this is this is prime material for a, for an opera of some sort. <laughs> I went to see Phantom of the Opera actually. Was it any good? It's impressive production. <laughs> is that all you've got to say for it? <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my very um, um, diplomatic way of putting it. No, it's 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 very yeah. good production wise, but dear God, that story makes less sense than most of what we've already said. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. <laughs> that really is saying something. But, you know, yeah. bad guys you normally think are pretty determined and aren't easily swayed. This this guy, the, the Phantom, whoever the hell, heck he actually is, is quite easily swayed by a good song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's because it's a musical. The quite entire purpose song. of songs is to is to cause something to happen in musicals. The angel of music. Music. I think you'd find if you saw pretty much anything on the West End musical that you would be quite impressed by the production values, to be honest. Oh, yeah. It was pretty sweet. But it's, yeah. Musical yeah, I'm not, not my bag. No, perhaps not. <laughs> Unless they're funny, then it might have worked. What, Avenue Q or something? Yeah. Fucking puppets. I quite like to see that. Or spam a lot. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. I thought that was a the night to see me. I thought it was a bit, you know, a bit, a bit up themselves to call it spam a lot until I remembered that they came up with the term spam, or at least, you know, it's a Monty Python sketch, isn't it? And then yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. reappropriated spam, 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 as spam, 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 egg, and spam, and all that. It's like <laughs> it's the stuff you don't want, along with the stuff you do. <laughs> so yes, I'm going to ask Ho uh, what. You've been playing. Uh, I, this I haven't finished recently. yet. Oh, we can come back. Oh, you're not finished? No, no, it's fine. We'll come back. I'll we'll, come back we'll, to you. We'll, I'll yeah. come back to you. <laughs> I, I okay. Just, uh... Okay, well, I have been playing rather a lot of Left for Dead and Left for Dead 2. Mm. And it's bloody awesome. Killing zombies. That's <laughs> exactly what I want to do. Do you play... Uh, um... Hopefully talk about that slightly as well, because... I played that the passing thing, so I have oh, something yeah. to say about Left 4 Dead. Also, do you play it? Yeah, who do you play you it with? Who? Um, mostly with the people in in the flat. So we've got a couple of online friends who play as well. So there's some of David's friends from work, and um, okay. we also play with Nath, who's in Switzerland at the moment. So oh, really? It's pretty awesome. Yeah, but um, we always find that we get stuck when it comes to the the last parts of the level. So for those who don't know. Um, there's kind of five chapters to each story and you get to the end and you've got zombie horse to fight your way through before you get rescued. Um, But my problem is I usually hold out until the very end and then make a run for it for the the rescue boat and or helicopter, etc, etc. But uh, I kind of leave my friends for dead. Yeah. (laughs) And I make it away in the helicopter and no one else does. Oh, you escape. That's okay. That I means escape. you're winning. That's great. That means <laughs> I've I'm done winning, that but it's a cooperative game. I know, I know, but uh, it's every man for himself at the end. Yeah. Like, do you remember that time we were at the end of the first level of Left 4 Dead? The, uh, and, um, and you were literally, Zach, everyone died, and I, w- I got to the helicopter, and you were literally in the helicopter when you died. Yeah, and then yeah, was... the helicopter flies away and your dead body is just there in midair <laughs> as the sequence <laughs> plays out. 
so I somehow good. got incapped inside the helicopter. That's the worst when that happens when you incapped like in the rescue zone, and then the yeah. sequence, you, the thing flies away, and you can still see yourself flying in midair or whatever. <laughs> oh dear, so good. It's pretty upsetting. Like I have to say, the first couple of times I played Left 4 Dead, I would leave the rescue helicopter, etc., to go back for my teammates, but I've yeah. learned not to now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, because yeah, people just get stuck. I try and be heroic on my way there, but once I'm actually there, I just scramble in. Really, don't you? I don't know. If you're lucky, you're all in one. You're all in one piece. Like everyone. If you're together. unlucky, someone is still trying to get to the rescue zone, and then a tank climbs into the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> I've seen that happen. It was, and it was the um, it was the the helicopter at the end of the fairground in Left 4 Dead 2, where both sides of it are open. So the tank climbed in the the side that the survivors climbed in and punched the guy who was in the helicopter back out the other side, <laughs> back down yeah. into the arena. That's what you don't want to happen. <laughs> so yeah, what, what did you think of of the passing then, Zach? It's a ridiculously pointless cameo. I mean, seriously, what the fuck? They made, yeah. was, the worst thing about it was they did this whole. They, it was like this thing that got like revealed or whatever in the build-up was like someone dies. It's like oh no, mm, I know. <laughs> one of the old characters. I know one of them's going to die. But then, of course, what it actually means is that basically one of the old characters doesn't exist in the passing and never gets mentioned at all. <laughs> You see so them, like, though, don't you? Oh, so you don't see pretty, them die. You don't see anything. It's just like they don't even mention that there was four of them. It's just like, oh, hey, we're just some survivors. Hello. But you, you see the dead body of the dead guy, though, or girl, don't you? I don't know. Do you? Maybe it's hidden somewhere, but I certainly didn't notice. Oh, yeah, you do. You see either. Oh, really? I've 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 seen a video, and uh, yeah, um, it's. Do you know who dies? I presume you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you find the de- the the dead body somewhere. <laughs> Do you want to know? It's me. It's me. It's me, Rob. I die. That isn't a spoiler. Oh, for everyone. No. <laughs> that isn't a spoiler for everyone listening to this podcast. But the character I always play dies. Oh. Or does not die? Is just conveniently dead. I'm not going to spam the voice button. <laughs> no, that was possibly the worst thing about that. <laughs> That's it's the like, oh, no, now Rob can't shout it all the time any longer. <laughs> Oh, but it was thing. it was literally just, I just it was just so pointless cameos. It was like, Ew. oh look, you're standing on this bridge which is up, and we need to go across it. But you you're really a bastard and won't help us at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come over this other side of the river, bitches. We're not we're not helping you at all. We're just going to stay up here where where for some reason we're entirely safe and no zombies ever notice us. <laughs> okay. Do you, so did, did you find that last part of that game was incredibly easy? Because all like the other three survivors are just picking everything off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so you, you make you a mad dash for it. You bring shoot. back a horde. Yeah, it was just incredibly easy. Although, having said that, I was playing it two player, and the other player died. I made it. Maybe <laughs> I'm just really good at it. Yeah, maybe you're just awesome, ho. Because you keep surviving, and everyone else keeps dying. Maybe, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just you. Maybe you're just. I was playing an amazing survivor. Apparently, in single player, you have to bring less gas cans back to the last thing, so it's slightly easier anyway. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I found it a bit disappointing after Left 4 Dead 2, which I found significantly harder, but also just as much fun. And going back to the first game, because we decided to replay it to get to the passing, etc., 
the first game wasn't anywhere near as difficult anymore, and I thought it was a bit disappointing. Wait, wait. Hold on, the passing's in the first game? I thought it was part of the second game. No, it takes place game. between the first and the second. Oh, wait, so there's DLC for both, you mean? There's theoretically going to be another DLC for the first one, which will join up to the passing, but the passing is in the second one. Ah. Okay. Also mm. ridiculous that they're making another DLC for the original. <laughs> at this so point. how do they explain the, uh, no, awesome. the, the, the ge- geographical difference? How, who travels and when? The original no. survivors must travel because it, it, it fits into, the passing fits into the Left 4 Dead 2 storyline in between the shopping mall and the fairground because oh, you're yeah, still in the right. car. You're in the car what? and you come to this bridge which is up and the original survivors are for some reason hanging out on it, and then they tell you, you need to get across this river through this underground tunnel and then turn on the generator to lower the bridge, because we're totally not going to do that for you. <laughs> Bitches. What's the last <laughs> level of the first game? Is it dead air when they take them in the, in the plane? No, that's the third level. Um, does, does the plane crash then? Or is it? No, isn't dead air the last one? Wait. No Mercy is first. Yeah. Yeah. And then they the take on the helicopter crashes. No mercy. And wait, which one comes second then? Is it the? It crashes, and then you get a bit of DLC, don't you? After the helicopter yeah, crash, it'll be a DLC. Where does that lead to? Oh, well, oh that's you crash get a... horse, is it? And... You get in the stupid get in... battle van thing. thing, battle van. That leads to the woods, doesn't it? I oh, know the last level is the, the last level is the one with the fields. Oh yeah, the last level is where they actually get yeah. rescued by the military. Well, that's not going to make any sense then. <laughs> No. Why would they go down to the south of America? Well, I, I, I think. Well, maybe the, maybe it's something stupid like the evacuation zone is in the south of America, or we need to get where... to Mexico because for some reason Mexico doesn't have any disease, whereas America is terribly <laughs> diseased. Hmm. Weird. Is it blood harvest? Or something? Yeah. Blood yeah, harvest. that's the one. Yeah. The one with the uh, field, which is cool in, in theory, but in practice is really annoying because you can't see anything. <laughs> yes. Actually good for gameplay. Good. I mean... It's because the crops don't get trampled, obviously. That's the problem with it. No, they don't even really sway very much. You just sort of pass through them. It's not a very good effect, uh, or graphically, I don't think. The, um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. but didn't you find it scary that you'd suddenly step on the witch and get mauled? I quite uh, enjoyed the field. I don't think I ever had a witch spawn in the field. No, you get a ton I mean, of them in, the in second that one level in Left 4 Dead 2, don't you? Where there's a field yeah, in the mill. Witchy, witch, witch. I like the field, though, because like um, you could predict exactly when the, the like, uh, the horde would come because you'd oh, have disturbed the, the birds. Yeah. yeah, and they'd come back over that like cliff that you jumped off into the field, so you could just molotov it exactly and get like most of them in one go. That was always funny. But every single time. Whereas most things um you can't predict because of the director, whereas that would always happen. So it's quite fun. I still think they messed up the director slightly in Left 4 Dead 2 because it went from being occasional horde to You've just finished that horde. Have another. They just seem to come way too frequently, and it, you know, it wasn't quite. There was no suspense because it's just like, right, there's going to be another horde in a second. Right, and there it was. <laughs> That's a shame because there was quite a lot of suspense in the first one because it wasn't that frequent, was it? No, and they were. They felt fairly dangerous, I suppose, in the first one. But then you kind of got used to them, and maybe they just sort of thought, right, we're just going to chuck loads of them at you now. And... 
And the second one, you can melee the crap out of them, can't you? You can just stand there, really. Yeah. But on the other hand, in the second one, you don't. If, if you don't have a melee weapon, you don't get infinite melee, because they implemented no, that, that thing that they put into cool the down. multiplayer. Which How does that work? Fun. You get that melee cooldown, where if you melee too much, um, you start your, your next attack is slower. It's the right. entire route, basically. Yeah. Okay. You, what do yeah, you do then? Switch to a weapon. Them. You have to gun them. Well, it's to stop people just meleeing constantly. It was originally put into Left 4 Dead 1, but only in the multiplayer to stop people um, stupid stacking, where you'd basically all just stand in the corner meleeing so nothing could ever touch you, which was a cheapo oh, tactic right. in multiplayer. Well, but then they brought that into the single player as well. In Presumably for certain things could still touch, like bile and the smoker. Well, yeah, but if you're if the bile hits you and you're just everyone's meleeing, the regular zombies that are attracted by the bile are never going to oh, get to yeah, you anyway. Yeah. Which is the have they have they patched <laughs> that into the first game in the single player? Because I do you remember that time I survived for a ridiculously long time in that cupboard in the finale of the <laughs> first the first level where I was just yeah. meleeing con- and I had the auto shotgun and for some reason, which is brilliant, you can reload while you're meleeing even though it makes no physical sense. So yeah, it's awesome though. Yeah, I, I was just reloading and meleeing constantly, and then just shooting the crap out of everything, everything that had built up in the very small space in front of me. And I managed to survive for like five minutes or something after everyone else was dead. And this was on hardcore mode or something, wasn't it? Yeah, which of course it was a complete waste of time. The and they killed you. <laughs> yeah, I think I killed at least one tank, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, they are bad. <laughs> Hmm. Have you guys played the multiplayer much? We haven't at all. We well, I say multiplayer, I mean like versus. No, too much. I didn't really. No, I, pl- I played a bit of the um, uh, what was it the can collection game in Left 4 Dead Two? Kevin's. Yeah, that's it. Get the yeah, can. we haven't done much versus. That pretty... I quite like to try the whole charger thing in Left 4 Dead Two in in versus. That might be quite fun. Yeah, I think it's quite satisfying. Finding a team that actually stays in the server. Yeah, or, always or someone quits. Game. Always. <laughs> as soon as it gets slightly uneven, games. or like someone, like one team is already scoring too much, it's like, oh, I'm going to quit now. I'll do that. Rage. Rage. <laughs> yeah, so much rage. It's like that great scout. Um, vocal isn't it where he says i dare you to rage quit doesn't he yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I we tried the survivor mode didn't we that was fun in the first game where you just get pummeled constantly is that what it's called yeah that was the uh, add-on wasn't it for... yeah, yeah it was di- they added in, like weird... we never played the lighthouse level which was the actual level that they added with that oh, I, I gave that a few goes <laughs> it's really hard Really hard because you've well, but it's 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 hard if you choose the obvious tactic, which is stand on top, um, which totally doesn't work because as soon as the tank gets up there, you'll get knocked off, um, <laughs> which insta death, not fun. Um, well, I suppose if you held up in one of the rooms, you might have a better chance, but hmm. tactics. Either yeah, way, tactic- we should play some more when we're all about. Yeah, definitely a good idea. Hmm. Okay. Ooh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we could all play together, couldn't we? In fact, we we with hose lot 
an R lot, we could actually play verses, possibly. Yeah. That sounds like an excellent plan. This does okay. not concern you, doesn't it? No, possibly not. <laughs> Don't spam oh, have you been playing please. anything else? Uh, I have. Um, going back a bit, we, we've been playing a lot of board games. Not necessarily video games, but still games nonetheless. Excellent. So let's, let's t- try and tie this into video games somehow. We have been playing Settlers of Catan, which I believe you can mm. download on Xbox Live. And it's oh, excellent. That it sounds like the most loves. boring game on earth, <laughs> where you collect resources and you trade resources to make cities and to make settlements, and then, and that's pretty much it. But it's an excellent game. Have you guys experienced and, it? Have you played it? I don't really know why I wooed because I played the Xbox Live demo, and yeah, it was pretty tedious. You didn't like it on live, then? Well, no, it's because it, the, the, the game itself relies heavily on trading cards with other players, which is fine if everyone in the room is talking. Right. But people that play that type of game aren't exactly particularly uh, the social guys on Xbox Live, really. So, so much better as a board game, you're saying? My, yeah, my experience with the demo it's... was it was very silent. You'd sort of have to just... Uh, you'd, there'd be none of this, oh, if you give me that, you'll give me that, and we'll fuck that guy right over. Why? You know, none of that um, <laughs> sort of banter going that on. It was, just, it was just like cards popping up, and they get highlighted, and it's just like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, I've lost. And I'm going to go play Carcassonne. Didn't have a multiplayer in, like non-online, and it wouldn't have made sense if it did, because then you'd be able to see the other people's cards in the same room. Which is why I rave about Carcassonne, damn it. It's awesome. Apparently, Carcassonne is coming to iPhone, as I was about to say. (laughs) I don't know why why you're excited about that. Do you have an iPhone yet? (laughs) Oh, you are, okay. Because I'm I'm looking forward to it. Although I've seen some screenshots of it, and it doesn't look that great, like, in that respect. It looks rubbish, but... (laughs) Yeah. Which is a shame, because it looks fine on Live Arcade. Yeah, no, the Live Arcade version is absolutely brilliant. In fact, it's probably yeah, wonder... better than actually owning the board game. Mm. <laughs> Not that you time... know that. Not well, no, you have but... anything to compare it to. But no, I, I can imagine it's... You know, the fact that the, the Xbox game highlights where you can actually place tiles takes half of the eye work out of it. And presumably yeah, you need a quite awkward shape, you know, quite a large table to play it on as well. I guess you'll have that advantage on iPhone as well, even if it doesn't look very nice. Which is weird, because, you know, the iPhone could do 3D, couldn't it, on that sort of scale? It could probably handle it, yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, never mind. It's still still Carcassonne. It still has the sheep noise for farms. (laughs) That's the key. The farm noise is really strange, actually, in Carcassonne, because it starts off sounding fairly normal, so you get this, like, like cowbells and sheep... And then you get this uh, horse noise, and it goes, and you hear this whip noise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, genius. (laughs) Actually, I might be getting confused with the road noise, but (laughs) I still think it's funny. That whip is just, yeah. Something about a whip noise, it's satisfying. There's always a whip noise involved with horses in games, isn't there? Like, in, in, in Zelda, when you like, get a pony to go faster, you give it a carrot or something, but you still make a whip sound effect, don't you, to get it to go fast? <laughs> Except for in the it's Wii the, version where it's... It's the punishment and treat. 
I think it's just a HUD in him. He can't. He doesn't have an amazing regenerating carrot. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. It was always whipping, but now we, now it's also whips in the UI. Unless he whips them with carrots. <laughs> you can't see that, so perhaps it's a. Uh, well, well, yeah, he whips them so hard the carrots break, but they shatter. <laughs> I see, and that's why they and, disappear. And, and you can blame GameCube get... graphics for not being able to see it. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, horses in games are good. There's horses in Assassin's Creed, which I've been playing. Uh, but they're not that <laughs> great. They're fine. Have you? Gosh, gosh. Quite... I'm more excited about the horses in uh, Red Dead Redemption. They look a bit better, to be honest. Like, I managed to get a horse. Got... They look better just Assassin's like visually or because they have some kind of effect? Well, they look better graphically. Like, they look <laughs> horse like effect. they've... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they spent quite a long time on like the muscles of the, uh, you know, the, and how they move, and uh, I think because they're going to be quite in- integral. Like you know, it's like Grand Theft Auto. Obviously, the cars are very important, but in this game, it's going to be horses. So they've spent a lot of time on the horses, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, are they, are they like the good. horse in that Grand National advert for Weetabix? You're not saying that. I haven't said that though. I think I it's got like uh, Michael Gambon as a horse. Okay. <laughs> he falls over and then the horse just casually says to the rider, it's okay, go on without me. <laughs> the horse is Dumbledore as well. Yeah, basically. Dumbledore. Okay. Dumbledore's doing me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, imagine so, getting oh, yeah. stuck on uh, Assassin's Creed ones. It was quite funny. I you jumped got it stuck. something and la- yeah, I jumped something and landed on a little outcrop of stones. Or oh, like this, this I haven't bit. managed to get my horse stuck yet, but I'm sure it could happen. Yeah, in a similar this way. Is, yeah, I landed on this little block of stones, which presumably the horse would normally jump over, but because I landed on it, it sort of stopped and didn't know what to do. It just the, the, the horse was still animating casually, but it was <laughs> sat on these rocks and jiggling slightly. And uh, okay. I couldn't get couldn't get it to move and jump off, so my horse got stuck there. Uh, so it was, oh, uh, so uh, you left it there, did you? It was. Well, I had no choice. I had to reload the game to get it to. All oh, right. To get it to uh, unstick the horse. That so, seems to uh, be a, a words of the wise. Don't cl- ride horses on rocks. Assassin's Creed teaches me they fucking hate it. Yeah, they do not like the rocks. Yeah, it seems to me that like horses in games, you always have to have that programming for jumping over the fences and depending on what angle you approach the fence and if you approach it at a slightly off angle it will still jump over but if you approach it at a ridiculous angle then hopefully when well, zelda it stops but in assassin's creed you can jump over at the crazy angles like <laughs> 10 degrees or something it's really mental i don't know considering they're not that important to the game apart from you know there's only some sort of you spend a lot of time in cities, really, in Assassin's Creed, so you know, the countryside is not so important. You know, I kept going on about how how like pretty the cities and stuff were in Assassin's Creed. Well, I, I finally got to Venice, but in between there was a sort of city in northern Italy called Forli, and it's really ugly and horrible, and I wouldn't want to live there. I think they're going for it deliberately because it's got really, um, it's got really like 
horrible overcast sky and like it's really marshy and swampy around the place as well so it's like just a really horrid place but i was thinking and i was playing it i was looking at the sky and a lot of games do this they have like a to make it look like sky with clouds and stuff they have like a layer a semi-transparent layer that's like moving do you know what i mean like like clouds moving across uh, but yeah. usually it's really fast, and Assassin's Creed 2, it's incredibly fast. And it's really weird, because it's like, you know, if the sky was really, if clouds were really moving at that speed, you, you'd feel the wind quite heavily on, you know, at ground level. <laughs> you know, you don't look up into the sky and see, like, a sheet moving across the sky at, like, 50 miles an hour, do you? I mean, even in a storm, you don't see that. It's really weird, and yet it seems to be fairly ubiquitous in computer games that you get this sort of weird sky effect dramatic sky do you know what i mean am i just talking i'm trying to picture what you mean what the sort of uh a plane it's like of a sort... visible air you mean that you can sort of see moving yeah through. is that the effect you mean it's like yeah it's, it's like, like a clouds layer of cloud not like super dense but like oh no of... i know the effect you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that get it in lot. lots well, it's probably because it's probably because you wouldn't notice it otherwise because it would move too slow in real, in real life it's but true you, but why why do they want you to notice it if that's the case to make yeah. it feel windy when you can't feel wind hmm. i guess that sort of makes sense it's a bit odd though because if you look i was just thinking i always mention this game but you know a lot of games but in deus ex you look up at the sky and it's sort of moving really fast isn't it that's, 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 no that's reason. an old game thing is though isn't it as soon as they introduced skyboxes to quake and things isn't it the sky always for some reason moved at lightning pace no pun yeah, intended it's really strange. Hmm. well i hope someone gets that a bit a bit more right in future because otherwise assassin's creed is a really pretty game but it's like you look at the sky and it's moving at 50 miles an hour and it's like why <laughs> anyway never mind perfect conditions for air travel <laughs> that's this true. Leonardo experimented with his devices in Italy. Because oh, that's a good point. I was fucking mental. I haven't quite got to the point where I, uh, there is a glider, I think, in the game. But I've, he's talking about it, Leonardo da Vinci, but he hasn't actually given it to me yet. Hey, Gringo, wanna fly my crazy machine? <laughs> <laughs> There's Mexican Leonardo da Vinci again. Oh, I that's another good reason for. That's another good reason for looking forward to Red Dead Redemption because there's going to be a lot of air gringo yeah, going on. <laughs> Banditos. <laughs> Indeed. I want your money. Can you hear a funny yeah. noise on this? I know we're in the middle yeah, of the podcast. That's Rob. <laughs> what? What? Rob has somehow tuned into a number station, is what I'm guessing. It's like, what? It's like, what the fuck? Russians! Russians in our TeamSpeak channel! Morse code or something going on. Intercepting a secret broadcast from the Sparrow. I think I think we must be. Oh dear. I hope that's So anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to hope it's not there. Apologies so, if we uh, hear it in advance. So I don't have to write a stupid blurb saying it's all fucked up. Right. At this oh, stage in the podcast, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Zach what he's been playing this week. Oh, before you do, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna log off here and uh, I'll join you guys okay. another time. But unfortunately, 
please do. Bed calls, and I got work tomorrow. So thanks for inviting me on to your podcast. It's been great. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Ho. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye Take it easy. See ya. User disconnected from your channel. Thing is now, okay, there we go. I actually need to bring up the uh, the, uh, the the recording details to see if she's actually properly left. Oh, there we go. Okay, we can carry on. Let the, okay. uh, let the sexist comments commence. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's insult the oh, person who just left. Yes. No, not those her. girls. Just, yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> just you know. Being oh yeah, girl. girl. Girls are so rubbish at Left 4 Dead, man. Yeah, they always get to the end and <laughs> <laughs> leave everyone behind. <laughs> I bet, I bet she doesn't Dorm. even play as Zoe. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> Zoe. Oh, what's Bill. the Rochelle? Isn't it? What's the girl? Yeah, I don't. Think, I, I, I would excuse the, excuse her if she didn't play as Rochelle <laughs> because no one yeah. wants to be Rochelle. No, Michelle's lame. It's clearly Rochelle. all about about Nick and Coach and Ellis. And Ellis, yeah, the dudes. Yeah, of Michelle course, actually has no the other three purpose in the in the in the dialogue. Really, does she? She's just you know the woman. She's the lamest. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's an archetype for every. There's like in the first one, it's like um, like black businessman guy awesome biker dude veteran and woman <laughs> that's all there is isn't it and then in the second one it's like it's like redneck yokel like uh yeah um school coach the you know football coach or whatever like and then it's a what con man sleazy gambler guy and woman no it's, it's black woman <laughs> A black woman. Get it right. Yeah. For some reason, I want it's to distinctly different to... from normal woman. <laughs> to shorten that to bloomin'. 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 Oh dear. And um, for some reason, she wears a Depeche Mode T-shirt. So that's yes. that's her character. She's a fan of the rock band. It's not exactly hip hop. No, that's true. <laughs> Or is that what are you expecting her? What are you expecting her to like? Just R and B and stuff. Well, she does and look a, a little like Kelly Rowland. Snick I, a bit. I don't even know who that is actually. Do I? The, 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 <laughs> okay, to simplify, the black one from Destiny's Child, who's more black than the rest of them. <laughs> the more black. <laughs> the more black one. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Zach. Come on, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> at least I have something to talk about now, so we can move on. Um, Go on. Yes, I've been playing way, way too much of Civ 4 because it was on sale. And what ah. more reason do I need to buy Civ 4? Did you not already own it then? No, I had Civ 3 and then I was like, man, fuck Civ 4. They've turned it into 3D graphics and I'm sure it'll just be the same shit again. But then it got cheap, and it was like, hooray, I can buy this. <laughs> and how is it? Is it the same shit again? Uh, yeah, pretty much. There's, it's like, once again, they've like not changed enough, not made it complicated enough, and in fact managed to remove some things that were actually awesome. <laughs> what if they removed that was good? Well, every time they've done it, like, 
between well, Sifri was the worst example because when they made Sifri the original version of it, um, they took out like a lot of useful elements of like the the sort of terraforming or not you call it terraforming, but you know what the engineers and workers do for the landscape, landscaping or something, farms yeah. and all that crap. They Roads took out stuff. quite a few elements of that in Civ Three, which they then added in in the expansion pack, <laughs> which was basically admitting that they cocked it up. But then in Civ Four, right. they've kind of changed the whole sort of land working system so that uh, it's much more sort of tile specific. So now, like you can't. It's like you can't build mines on flatland any longer. Not that it ever made sense that you could, but <laughs> those are totally not. You totally don't get mines on the flatlands any longer, and you can't that's like build enough. farms in the hilly areas or whatever. Okay, so it's like good. you can only build far, you can only build mines on the hill tiles, and you can only build farms on the flat tiles. But then there's sort of like it's not even though there's more options because there's other things you can build on those tiles. It doesn't feel like it's as advanced. It's like because before you could like severely customize your output by very precisely managing like the combinations of tiles, but now it's a bit more sort of generalized. It's like, do you want this tile to just make a shit ton of food or lose a lot of food and make production instead? Because that's about the extent of the options. It's basically it's a like, binary choice there, then. Yeah, it's my, it's sort it's it's weird. I don't know why it's like more simplified but more complicated at the same time. There's more op different like upgrades you can build like you can build like a, a workshop on the flatland or a town instead of which is like a sub part of your city that makes money instead of you know production or whatever or that's cool i like that idea because <laughs> it's, it's a bit weird cool. to have a civilization entirely built of cities with no towns if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it was nice. kind of a weird thing um but the other things though it's they've sort of there's like the other weird things they've changed like railways it used to be that railways gave you infinite moves but now it's only like 10 squares per turn which is still you know practically infinite <laughs> right well i don't know not infinite actually. to 10 is quite a big drop in the grand scheme yeah it is it is quite quite significant if you've got like a big civilization or whatever so railways are no longer infinite but they do have like if you build a railway in a square with a mine or a lumber mill that increases their production and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's so, kind of weird. Sounds like they if... made a lot of changes that make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it, it's, it's like they they made things that it's like it's more sort of realistic, I guess. But I'm not sure it's actually it's not more advanced. That's my problem. It's like they've never made the base sort of concepts more complicated, which is what I think they need to do. They need to make it more, you know more they still need the trouble is you always say that about games where it's like they could make it more complicated and more you know in depth like SimCity is the other example right yeah they say deep, but, make it make the gameplay deep don't they is how they describe it yeah 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 make it deep make it more complicated but the trouble with that is of course that the inevitable counter argument to that is that you'll just alienate people who haven't played the previous games. Yeah, but if you do it skillfully enough, if you do it skillfully enough, then you can gradiate that. I mean, that's almost what Civ's good at, isn't it? Because Civ in general is too complicated for a lot of gamers who just play Halo to even, you know, look at, you know, you know, with its its, uh, turn-based, you know, just... uh, I know that used to be common, but, I mean, a lot of people, that would turn them off immediately, you know? 
and it's grid-based system and stuff. But it, it is actually quite good at um, easing you in with quite a good tutorial and, uh, you know... I can't shoot stuff with my own hands. <laughs> I, I have to think about the math of shooting stuff. Uh. Yeah, the whole combat changes in Civ Four are kind of weird. It's, it's, it's again, a sort of more sort of realistic system where you less chance of, like, spearmen beating a tank somehow. But, of course... Right, because that was always great. Because it was always, like, catapult versus very modern city, wasn't it? That was always really dangerous and hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because they do collateral damage regardless of, like, <laughs> how technologically advanced the units they're shooting are. Yeah. Yes, that was always... But awkward. does it do but that like... thing... Because in Civ uh, 2, you had that Leonardo's workshop that would, like, upgrade your units oh, across the board. That's the best thing ever. Yeah. But does that happen in Civ? Uh, it, it should happen automatically anyway, I think, really. Because it's a bit Well, it was silly. kind of annoying. That's one of the things that I found annoying. Because in Civ 3, you still had Leonardo's workshop, but it gave you, like, 50% discount on upgrades. Right. More balanced, to say the least. <laughs> but now <laughs> in Civ 4, they got rid of that, got rid awesome. of that entirely. So every time you want to upgrade a, upgrade a unit, it costs a shit ton of money. <laughs> okay, so really you what you're do... better off doing is just destroying the old units and just building new ones, which is kind of annoying. Because then you have to it's... send them where you need them and stuff. Yeah, and... It's, but that's, that's really a balance to, to balance the unit promotions that you get now. More advanced than the Civ 3 one, where in Civ 3 they just get generically stronger when they won a lot of battles. But in Civ 4, now when, you, when you've killed a certain amount of enemy units with one of your units, you get to pick, like, a promotion for it that gives it, like, a specific advantage. And then that carries over if you upgrade that unit. Right. So, that sounds good. You know, if, you, if you use an ancient unit and get that upgraded a lot, you can still keep those upgrades when you upgrade that unit into a, into a modern Upgrade form. your upgrade. And they do interesting things. I mean, there's, there's obvious ones where it's just, like, more hill... Lag. Yep. Lag. <laughs> There's a lot of lag there. Zachary has just really disappeared. Lag. Okay. Come back. Have we lost oh. Zach? Yeah, we've lost him. Dear, just as he was getting into the swing of talking about Defense upgrades or... there. Oh, he's come <laughs> back. <laughs> you disappeared there. <laughs> yeah, we lost you completely there. You lagged out. Yeah, oh. we missed all of that. You know, I honestly don't where you were, where you started. So, but it was when you got infused. We talked about the <laughs> specific upgrades, up. specific upgrades, oh. and then uh, you were going, about to give an example of of what one might be. I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was just saying it's like specific examples of things like you know more hill defense or more city attack or whatever. More moves, more maybe city defense. Uh, I think there is one for more moves, but that's quite a high level one. You don't get that on. Very, right. You don't get that on most units, and it's quite My a high level upgrade. Upgrading. <laughs> no, that's <pretty laughs> but yeah. But we can tell your moves are awesome. We can hear them on the microphone. All right, <laughs> your dances. All right, but yeah, you still get the occasional stupid combat. It's like if you if you like drag to move a unit onto an enemy unit, it tells you like the percentage chance of victory by comparing the unit strength and then like all the upgrades and tile effects. But I've had several times where it's like, you drag it onto a unit, it says 100% chance of victory, and then they lose. It's like, how is that 100%? <laughs> you lie! Oh, what? That's really weird. What, is it like, so, 
because it should be like uh, like in Advance Wars where the chances, you know, directly, you know, correlate to you the actual. Well, results, the weird thing really. is, there's like this, there's this sort of option in the menu to regenerate the random number, or you know, ran, I call it the random number, but it's this thing where effectively at the start of the game it creates like a random, it creates like a random number, or a hidden, you know string or whatever and that effectively determines all the combat from then on not directly but you know that number is factored into the different squares and so what you can do is when you like load a game you can have it regenerate that number which causes all combat from that point on to turn out differently so if you like played exactly the same moves and then reloaded right, and then played those moves again with a different random number the combat would turn out differently which is a really bizarre system <laughs> Why the hell would you not just randomize it every time you did a it's roll? Just, it's just dice roll, isn't it? It's, if it's random, yeah, but it, it's happen. it's dice roll, but it, but instead of it being every time, it's determined at the start of the game for some bizarre reason. Yeah. Weird. It's a, it's quite an odd system. But so yeah, it's like if you it's... were playing a game with dice rolls, and when you first started the game, you rolled, and then every every subsequent roll, you had to multiply by that first roll. Or something. I don't know. That's really yeah, weird. It, it's it's some bizarre system. I really don't know what the point of that is. Because it makes it less random, surely, to have it rely yeah. on one number that's generated at some point. Hmm. Well, that's kind of but how yes. random works anyway. Well, yeah, I guess so. Because like, you, you can never have actual random, of course. That's really weird. Maybe it's so that you can export that number and then use it like... Like to compare games, like with a game of chess or something, so you can play people on the exact level playing field by having. Well, it could the exact be. Same it could moves. be a sort of a support for, uh, you know, making scenarios, because then obviously you'd want it to regenerate a different number every time you started that scenario. If you're making a scenario from a save, you wouldn't want it to play out the same every time if someone did the same moves. Mm, that's true. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> so, what are you hoping for from Civ Five, which is supposed to be coming out at the end of the year? I'm hoping for more more options. <laughs> it's every time they they like all this added stuff. That okay, basically the one thing that I've always wanted from Civ games is is to be able to automate the like land workers, but make it conditional automation. So they look at what's on a tile and they go, hmm, then do a specific set of things to that tile. So it's like, Based if, on if rules it's grassland, that you decided. do this, and then this, and then this. <laughs> it's like, why yeah, is that so, so difficult? So you can set up your own little macros. Yeah. Oh, I okay. just want conditional terraforming. That would be so useful. Because mm. you can like just set them to automatic, and it would just... like. You know, they go around and do their automatic thing, but what if you didn't think that was awesome enough? <laughs> or what if you don't yeah. agree with what the AI that they've programmed thinks is the best plan? You just have a choice at the moment between completely hands-off and total micromanagement, right? Yeah, and that's why it always takes me forever to play a game of Civ. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's like you micromanaging those workers to yeah. get the most out of these tiles. And I still can barely win on, like, the second difficulty level. It's like, how are you meant to play this game? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a, always been a mystery to me how people are good at Civ. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. 
I I I was quite. I did one. I did get pretty good at like Alpha Centauri. I could turn that up pretty high. Yeah. Would you I rather play? Uh, do you think Civ Four is a better game than Alpha Centauri? No, none of the none of the, none of the other series are better than Alpha Centauri. Mainly not Why least because Alpha Centauri, Centauri had one. Mainly because Alpha Centauri had absolutely fucking awesome terraforming. I mean, obviously, it was kind of a you know a thing that wouldn't exist in normal Civ because it was something that would rely on future tech. But you literally could like do really severe terraforming in in um, Alpha Centauri. Like you could raise the level of the terrain to make it higher, so you'd get more solar energy off it, so you'd make more cash. Or you could lower it, right. or you could flatten it if it was rocky, so you could build more farms, or you could build condensers to make more rainfall or whatever. Does that actually work? Would that actually work if you raised the land? Would you get more solar energy, or is the atmosphere that thick on this? <laughs> I probably doubt it would actually work. But it, it raising work. and lowering it's, the it's land. It's probably more to do. It's probably more Sounds to do like, like cloud cover height. Mm. But yeah, that was the awesome thing about about Alpha Centauri. Just the the range of options you could perform, and all the like how all the units in the Alpha Centauri were made of parts. So every unit you could make a totally you know unique. Where it's like you put this gun and then this armor and then right. these unit upgrades onto them. Because that wouldn't work at all in Civilization, would it? With catapults and stealth bombers and things. No, it's much more sort of set. But that, that's why that's why Alpha Centauri is better. Because really, when you're unbound from the sort of historical... <laughs> I don't know. So do you think they should make a sequel? Spears sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they should make a, another sci-fi one then? Or would that be your what you'd like? Yes, that would basically be awesome. <laughs> Mm, okay, <laughs> don't see why they haven't but Civ 5 it needs conditional landscape improvements and it needs um, you're well, essentially talking about sort of... macros and programming though for that uh, well that's not impossible well, no it, it, but it's generally it's weirdly seen isn't it in the in the gaming world like when FF12 introduced gambits and things like that where you can essentially program the game to react for you it was sort of a mixed bag of opinion so if you start doing like adding macros to civ and stuff you might actually be able to program your way into a perfect game <laughs> which is I guess that's true because it's like what else are you doing in civ really <laughs> Apart from yeah if any if any game is going to benefit from that around. i suppose you're right yeah it's going to be civ isn't it that's the game to use that kind of system it, it really. introduces a whole new level of geekiness yeah, because I thought like the first time I played uh, um, Tofu Annihilation, and that I realised you could queue up orders indefinitely. You know, that felt like that compared to CNC, where you you had to click every time you wanted a unit. You know, and you couldn't even queue build orders, let alone you know building with with TA. You could you know select your commander, and you could say build that there, and then build that there, and then go and attack that, couldn't you? And it was all in pause. And uh, that that seemed like you were almost using a macro to play a game. Yeah, Do you know right. what I mean? But it was a brilliant innovation, and now we see it as perfectly normal. You know, that's the sort of thing that um, you know I would compare it to putting that little macro for the engineers into civilization. Did they carry that level of control over into Supreme Commander? Going back to that, 
Yeah, yeah pretty much. The same sort of... The thing was, I mean, they had like more some more advanced ideas for the way that you could theoretically use it in Supreme Like if you if you set up like a move or uh, like a move order on on the map in pause, and then like selected another group of units and then told them to move, and then if you ended if you ended their you if you ended their order by mapping their final order onto the final order of the other group it would synchronize their arrival so they'd move at like the correct speed to arrive at that same point on the map at the same time <laughs> that's cool which, which was a theoretically awesome thing but of course you never used it <laughs> it was just way too much effort when you're just basically building a big lump of units and then throwing them at something yeah a really intricate system for doing something really simple and blunt really ultimately yeah it was like if 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 supreme commander had been like a tactical game where it's like you might need to flank something yeah that would be quite useful but it's basically just build a shit ton of units and pile them into each other <laughs> yeah a lot of rts's though isn't it It just actually turns into a uh, tank rash or yeah well they there was a generation of rts's wasn't there that was rebelling against that wasn't there things like company of heroes and stuff with really low like uh you know unit limits and uh you know world conflict falls into that category yeah and then it got really extreme when you got to sort of um dawn of war 2 where it's basically a tactical shooter with rts controls because you've virtually no units and no bases you know it can go too far i think cannon fodder yeah (laughs) it's turning into cannon fodder man that game was sweet Well, perhaps we should check out like, a bit of a Tom like War II. Um, Return Fire. <laughs> that was epic. That's not. That was amazing. No, because you had direct control over your unit, didn't you? But you could go back yeah. to your base and switch your unit type. <laughs> and it was funny how, like, probably the most powerful unit for doing practically anything was just to use the what was essentially an artillery. It was like. A, a missile launching yeah. truck <laughs> was somehow better than a tank and a helicopter in in most situations. <laughs> that thing was really powerful, and it had the Hall of the Mountain King was the music for that one, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. <laughs> Although the 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 jeep was fun, especially the way that um you had, you know if you got stuck in the water because they'd blown up the bridge underneath you, you could like inflate your tires and move really <laughs> slowly. <laughs> And float the most the awkward control ever, though, because it was like you, it was so easy to cock that up and then you yeah, fall in the water true. and die instantly. <laughs> but that had fly to the bumblebee, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Trying to get the flag back to base. Awesome stuff. That was a pretty ridiculous mm. game. I think, like, what I have to say really about Civ 4 is like the way I'd compare it to something that maybe you guys would know more about, sort of sort of more direct comparison is you can almost directly compare it to the way SimCity has gone where it's like you have Civ 2 and then SimCity 2000 where it's like mm-hmm. sort of sprite based and sort of vaguely simple and, and really and, good and really good <laughs> well, then you move up to Civ 3 and SimCity 3000 where SimCity 3000 was basically shit <laughs> and yeah. didn't look very good and they but they tried to make the graphics better and Civ 3 was I'd compare that 
sort of to SimCity 3000, but only before they added the expansion, because then that actually sort of recovered Civ 3 to make it almost as good as, <coughs> well, almost as good as it should have been, basically. Right. And then you get to Civ 4, which is sort of comparable to SimCity 4. It's like, there's more advanced options and stuff, and it looks, uh, you know, they made the graphics nice, and it's yeah. like, but it still doesn't feel like it goes quite far enough. <laughs> Is like, it like SimCity really hard 4. as well? Because SimCity Four compared to Two Thousand is pretty it's really hard. Really easy. What you think? <laughs> <laughs> I love how that was the total total difference of opinion. There. Are you crazy? Yeah, no, I found SimCity Four easy compared to the older ones. Compared to Two Thousand, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, right. Two Thousand, I thought was tough. <laughs> I, to be honest, that, I, I suppose I was you... quite a lot older. Yeah, that that's like a quite a nostalgic, or not exactly nostalgic, quite a you know outdated opinion of or not even outdated opinion what would you call that it's like you're remembering playing a game that was a long time ago when you probably wouldn't have played it as well as you could today <laughs> yeah well I, you could call that nostalgia because nostalgia is often misplaced yeah i could i could fill the whole map in SimCity 2000 without that much trouble but in um four if i didn't have like cities around me to like boost the economy i found it really hard like yeah, the, the first one I played was next to your city, Rob, and for some reason it benefited massively, and I ended up <laughs> with this huge, huge city somehow. But um, yes. whenever I've tried to do it like on my own, like in you know in a new area, I found it really hard. I don't know, and don't... sort of in a very similar way to the the, the comparison between SimCity Four and Civ Four again. It's another game where it's like I always spend way too much time planning. <laughs> it's like in SimCity 4 I've basically fought out the exact layout of the city before I even started building anything it's like okay this is how it always owns are going to be laid out so I've got to make sure all the schools and hospitals are laid out correctly so they lap over the zones and all that and it's sort of the same in Civ 4 where you're like you want to get the optimal position of all your cities so it uses as much of the land as possible without overlapping Seriously, and then Zach, the computer players where he's coming and cock it up. Have you been on? I've seen. Uh, I think this is on Reddit or something, but on YouTube that there's there's some ridiculous plans for like SimCity four cities. There's like um, SimCity three thousand had that ridiculous six million on the map. I think it's the it same every square inch. Yeah, yeah, it's the same guys or something where they're literally planning it for like six years before actually attempting it, and they've got it all written down on pieces of paper and stuff, and all like calculations and stuff. And he's actually got it, and it's like the biggest map possible on SimCity Four, and like every square is a high rise residential. Yeah, I saw the SimCity you know. Three Thousand, SimCity Three Thousand One. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Six million really people, funny. which. You know, that's just a number to me because I can't even remember what sort of population you'd get in SimCity 3000. That's true, yeah, but it did look absolutely ridiculous. I think he needed a pretty beefy computer just to be able to display it, you know. It's one of the problems <laughs> yeah. of SimCity 4. That's I would six ha- years wasted. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I couldn't believe the number of years he was talking about. I don't know how much time he actually spent on it, but it's like, deary me. I think the other problem that I I think my one other big complaint about Civ, in fact, this probably applies to basically all of them, is I wish they'd sort of make the AI slightly less retarded but not more difficult. Because <laughs> it's already pretty hard to win, but the AI still do really stupid things. Where it's like, always, uh, the, the, like the worst really, thing. <laughs> they're like really the fast to expand, me. aren't they? Well, like AI. yeah. And it's always hard to tell whether they're cheating. 
whether there's actually, you know, concessions yeah. to the AI. But, I mean, the worst thing that I've always found in Civ 3 and Civ 4 is that <laughs> it's like if you're on the same continent as an AI and you're, like, placing your cities down and you're kind of being kind of careful about it so that they, you know, you get maximum city coverage on the area so you're using the land as best you can and everything. And then the computer player just walks up and plonks a city down that overlaps half your city zones and is in a really <laughs> awkward place. And it's like, fuck off! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. And then, and then later on, when you end up in an inevitable war with the computer players, you start taking over their cities, and they're all in shitty positions. And you're like, oh, I don't really want this shit. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're conquering all this stuff, and it's not even stuff you really want. But you have to like demolish did... it in order to, to to build your perfect civilization on the same spot. They did kind of try and combat that in in Sifri and Sifor by making it so that you have like you have cultural boundaries that effectively it's like defining the borders of your nation. And then if you don't sign an open borders agreement, the computer player can't path through it. So you can kind of well, predict, like if you see where the enemy are on the continent, you can just quickly build a line of cities across it to block them off. <laughs> so it's like, no, mm. you can't come past. I've reserved this bit of land for my expansion. It's a shame you can't because you know, like, uh, claim land that you don't have any population in, because, you know... Yeah, you should be able to do some kind of... And then it declare should, I mean, war that, on the basis of Again, it's of another violation. one of those... It's one of those kind of things that where it's another... One of those things where it's like, you don't feel like they've advanced far enough. There should be a way to, like, say, this is my border, sometime during the early game, to just claim land, where you're like, mm. I, can, I can... And then, like, military disputes along that in the early game... Yeah, that would be good. That feels like another one of those. And I mean, oh, the other thing that's absolutely terrible in Civ Four is diplomacy. It's probably taken a step back from Civ Three again because there's practically no options. It's like the, literally when you meet someone for the first time, mm. the the two buttons are hello and war. <laughs> <laughs> Although with some with some words to make it slightly more wordy. <laughs> what options did there used to be in Civ Three? Well. They they probably weren't that much different, but then even in Civ Four, it's like even once you get to know people better, there's not very much you can do. I mean, you can there's all the you know trading and stuff where you can say trade resources or cities or units or declare war or open borders or trade pact or whatever. That's all still there, but there's yeah. there's some glaring like options that are glaringly obviously missing. Like particularly the worst one is um towards the end of the game when you build the un that um that opens up diplomatic victory where you can if like right yeah victory if three quarters right. of the people if three four quarters of the people of the world vote for you you just win right <laughs> but you have to turn that off if you're playing against the computers because if if you if you aren't friendly enough to get that vote one of the computer players will inevitably get it and there's no way to stop that so once you've built the UN, you're committed to someone's going to win if it's not you. Are you unlikely to have like a quarter of the population of the world then? Well, no, you, you can do it pretty easily. I mean, if you want to win cheaply. <laughs> it's just like the win button. Deploy the UN. Success. But, then if but you, you, surely if you, could, you could block any other person winning by having enough population to deny them the vote. You can, you? but then... I mean, it's quite, you know, because depending on how diplomacy's got up to that point, which can be, a you know, quite a random thing, 
you could quite mm-hmm. easily have enough of the computer players gang up on you to just let one of them win. And it's just like, then the game ends. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I very quickly turned off Diplomatic Victory. But the option that's clearly missing is the sort of... Because it was in... I don't know if it was in Civ 3, but it was definitely in Alpha Centauri. There was the sort of, before the votes came around, you could talk to the other Civs and say, like, vote for me, or vote for me and I'll give you this money, <laughs> and sort of bribe them. There's ah, no options cool. for controlling this, like, this, like straight-up default victory, which I think is really dumb. Can you send, like, assassins and stuff, and, and as well as diplomats, things like that? Like that's in, uh... a, again, that's sort of another thing that's lessened in Civ 4 over Civ 3, the sort of spying it... aspect, and again, yeah. fixed in the expansion, ridiculously. But in Civ 3, it's like, late on in the game, you can build spies and send them to of... these to sabotage Isn't things. There a... <laughs> Isn't there a bunch of expansions for Civ 4, though? Isn't there? There's there's three that I, you know, I got them all because yeah. it was a sale for oh, the I pack. Uh, there's, basically, there's one which is turns it into colonization, as in the really old game that was sort of pre-Civ. So that's not really an expansion, that's just a sort of conversion to make it play like an old game. Yeah. Um, There's uh, Warlords, which is basically makes Civ, basically returns one of the things that was in Civ 3, which is when one of your units wins enough battles, it generates like a general who can command multiple units and give them all experience and that kind of thing. So that <laughs> that was another like recovering stuff that should have been in the game anyway. And then there's the the proper Beyond the Sword, which is actually gives you quite a lot of new technologies and buildings and okay. better espionage options. So again, it's like the expansions are making the game how it should have been in the first place. <laughs> well, at least you got them all. Yes, so I imagine I probably won't be very interested in Civ Five unless it looks like they've actually done something a lot more interesting with their hex grids. And then yeah. we could go down in price, and they'd be like, oh, now I can buy Civ Five, And probably some expansions that make it what it should have been in the first place. <laughs> yeah, let's hope they get it right first time with this one at last. I don't know. We'll see. It would be nice. Weird, do, you re- do you reckon a lot of modern opinion and review on Civ is based on the game alone rather than the expansions? So when Civ Five comes out, it might get critical acclaim or whatever because the reviewers uh, have only really dealt with the major releases of say three and four. What you mean, as if they hadn't played the expansions of three and four to yeah. see that it can be better, and then they're comparing Civ Five directly to the unexpanded versions. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, I, I get the impression a lot of the time that reviewers don't pay too much attention to the DLC. I mean that is changing, but what with uh, game trailers now doing reviews of the DLC packs. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, yeah, that is becoming a more major thing now, isn't it, really? The sort of expansions. Well, yeah, it's to be expected, because <laughs> DLC is commonplace. It's not just the... Uh, it's the norm. Um, it is now, yeah. It's the new name. But that kind of sucks, obviously, for the consumer, where it's like, why didn't you just make the game good in the first place? <laughs> In Civ's case, yeah, that sounds really shit. Especially well, for the there, early still, there were some kind of elements of that in SimCity 4 as well, when they made their whole transport expansion pack, which gave you a load more useful options, like actually being able to like build toll booths on roads to control traffic flow. So it's like, don't go down this road, because otherwise you'll have to pay for it. Go down here instead, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And the awesome 
route query where you could click on a house and see the literal route that they traveled to their workplace. Yeah, that was cool. Because you got really bad traffic jams on really weird sections of road, didn't you? In this, yeah, and then you just had to kind of guess why it was happening. <laughs> yeah, and try and fix it, but it wasn't always so easy. Whereas with the expansion pack, you could tell exactly what was going wrong, and you could. Uh, there were many more options for like solving the problem, weren't there? You could build highways that yeah. weren't high up and stuff like that. Yes, that was another expansion that did quite a lot of useful things. Hmm. I'm, trying hmm. to think of, I'm trying to think of another example. I'm sure I had one, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> what expansion made the game what it should have been? There yeah, wasn't even an expansion for Alpha Centauri, I guess. It's more Although with strategy games, isn't it? Really? Important. I was thinking Spore, maybe, because I can't help but think that they should have added all those extra creature parts in the. Uh... Oh yeah, all made Particularly... in DLC rather than a paid-for thing. I think it was taking a little yeah. bit of the Sims book for that. Actually, on <laughs> that Sims. note, the Sims. classic example. <laughs> yeah, expansions that just gave you shit that should have been in the game. Yeah, that some of that stuff didn't need to be in the game. Let's face it. No, quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. I didn't need dogs really. <laughs> no, really didn't. I don't know. Pets is a a relatively interesting concept because they weren't in the game before. But some of the ones I'm not sure I like, like the whole school life ones, where they just basically change the entire flow of the game. Or is that a good thing? Bad? I don't know. I think it was just the fact that there were so damn many of them and some of them didn't seem to offer really anything. I can't really remember the examples off my head. but Yeah, there's so many that you can't remember all the expansions for The Sims. Yeah. Isn't it the first <laughs> game probably had the most expansions of any game ever, I imagine, for the first Sims game? Yeah, pretty much. I can think of like four or five, and I'm sure there was more than that. There were a lot, I seem to remember. Hmm. At least eight. So, Rob, did you have another game to talk about? I did. Let us delve. What have you been playing, <laughs> man? I was just going to stop there. So, did you have another game to talk about? Yes. Question. Um, yeah, no, I started playing on uh, Mass Effect 2, which oh. I know you've already covered, but there are a couple of points I'd just like to make out. Please do. Seriously, Please what the heck is wrong with some of the facial animation? Do you not think it's good? I quite like the most of the facial animation. Most of it is good but... until you see Jacob. He's basically like yeah. 50 cent after half his face has stopped working. I don't really use... I like Jacob as a character, so I try to avoid him in general. But um, well, it's just yeah, it's just weird when his ma- when he talks and you'd expect his mouth to open, his teeth stay in the same place. So he's like, and constantly talking through gritted teeth, but perfectly pronounced. Hmm, he is a bit odd. It just looks really say. weird, and um, a lot of the characters seem to go cross-eyed quite often. It might just be my perception, but everyone looks a bit cross-eyed, including my incarnation of Shepherd. <laughs> What have you got for your shepherd? Did you bring him forward from uh, Mass Effect? Yeah, I, I brought him in for Mass Effect 1. And I, uh, um, yeah, he's a grizzled, 
uh, what are we, uh, what's his name? Um, 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 played the leader <laughs> of the shield in Iron Man 2 and one of the gangsters in Pulp Fiction. For some reason, can't remember. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he looks a bit like him. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Cool. But, um, he looks a bit cross-eyed, does he? Yeah, occasionally. When he seems to look at people, uh, he sometimes <laughs> sort of goes a bit, Ooh. And for some reason, when I sort of think of that, I thought Russell Howard. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's actually think, cross-eyed, but that was the... Russell yeah. Howard style. I think my but, connection's going a bit funny. You're sounding a bit odd to me. Zach, are you having problems at all? Or yeah, I basically can't understand a single thing Ron says at the moment. So. <laughs> it's lucky that I he's only here to saying. talk to you. Is it a volume issue? I, or can't, what? Oh. I don't know. I can't hear what you're saying either, Zach, actually. I think it's going a bit wrong. Zach... <laughs> That sounds yeah, really weird. I basically can't understand wrong at all. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so strange. It's almost like a musical instrument, that lag, because you you've just got one tone, but then it's like modulating really weirdly. Like I can't describe it. Does it sound anyway. like <laughs> mobile phones do when they lose connection and you sort of yeah, like everything goes? Exactly. Yeah, it's doing that. It's doing that. Don't know why. That must sound even weird. You, Unfortunately, none of this is going to come out on the recording. Can so it's just, yes, we can hear you. Although you How can't well. hear us. <laughs> well, oh. enough to understand what the fuck I'm saying. Yes. How, how are we doing for time? Because we might have to cut this one short if this carries on. Yeah, that, that's I what I was wondering. What <laughs> Technical difficulties. We're 15 minutes off the two-hour mark. Oh, uh, that's fine. Should we leave it at that then? Technical difficulties. No, it'll be perfect because I'm not having if you can't hear me. And I'm I'm basically for, for 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 the listeners at home to explain the technical difficulties. We record this over the internet, um, with me all three of us being in separate locations, and uh, well, basically I act as the server, so I'm the uh, recording host. So everything I hear should be everything that you end up hearing at the end. And at the moment, I'm hearing myself fine because it's coming out of my mouth. So I would assume that it's recorded fine. Um, Zach and Dad, however, are having to make do with my uh, internet connection, which may be susceptible to um, the Kipper's effect, um, which can be described as random bouts of YouTube. Yeah, you, you, you've gone wobbly, and you've also got the um, the uh, Morse code going on as well at the same time. <laughs> oh, the Russians are at it. Those goddamn Russians. <laughs> It's really funny because you're going and then then you can hear it on top going So you've got two lots of going on. Yeah, I don't know what those. I always hope that part does turn off on the recording. Yeah, I do too. Quick, decode that Morse code and find out what those Russians are saying. The sparrow has left the nest. The sparrow has left the nest. 
Indeed it has. Right, I'm going to bring this to a close, I think, after these technical difficulties. Uh, thank you for joining us, listeners. And uh, thanks again to our special guest, Ho, for coming on and uh, listening yes, to us thank talk you. crap. Thank and you. Talking, Let's give a big round of applause. Talking a little sound about... weird over the connection. <laughs> talking a little about Left 4 Dead. And uh, um, thank you for putting up with all our crazy comments on gaming and the like. And we'll be back next week, I'm sure. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs>